recording live from a room somewhere in Chicago. You're listening to Small Fish Radio Theater at Thespin Area. Approximately 20-minute variety hour. We're your hosts, Herzomi and Green, sharing the podcast waves with... Joy Thorbjornson Coates, Miss Kitten, and today's special guest, Mark Cater. It's time for Barnyard Classics. Pass the bourbon, skip the beans, Barnyard Classics, here's what we mean. We make the classics relatable and short, pull up a chair, have a snort. Barnyard Classics. Today on Barnyard Classics, Moby Dick. Hey there, I'm Ishmael. I like boats and the ocean, and I got some experience working on them. There was this one time, though, I got in my head to go on a whaling boat. You know, where they catch whales. Should have stuck with catfish. That's not how it starts. Hey, this here is the ghost of Queequeg. Queequeg. He was a harpooner, and, and he's the one who talked me into this mess, so he better just be quiet. I'm sorry. There now, so Queequeg and I, we heads down to the docks and get ourselves on this boat called the Pequod. Pequod. With the, the mysterious Captain Ahab. Ahab. Cut that out. Now, now, Ahab was hiding out below decks since, on his last journey, a big old sperm whale uh, bit off his leg. Sperm whale. <laughs> What's so funny? Sperm whale. One so small, other so big. Just funny. <laughs> Anywho, Ahab, Ahab set out to find this whale that ate his leg, uh, name of one Moby Dick. Ahab believes Moby Dick was evil incarnate. So he says there will be a prize for the first man who sets sights on this monster. Moby Dick. Don't forget about Felala and Jeroboam and Dashtego. No, no, that part will make the story too long. They'll just have to read it, read those parts themselves. Have you tried to read this book? It was too hard. I watched the movie. Long story short, after all kinds of hunting and all kinds of fellas coming out of the woodwork to tell Ahab, Ahab. that he, he will be doomed if he threatens Moby Dick and some of these prophecies actually coming true, Ahab has a special harpoon forged just for killing this big fish. It's not a fish. It's a sperm whale. <laughs> he baptizes this harpoon with the blood of harpooners which is just gross. Then after what seems like an eternity of killing all these whales and hanging out with other whalers that all say, avoid Moby Dick, idiot, they finally find this stupid fish and it kills everyone but me. And I ride home on your coffin. So what's your point? Well, they were all... Well, why were they so stupid? I mean, it's just a dang fish that took a guy's leg. I mean, get over it. Why bother getting everyone killed, idiot? It was the 19th century. Things were a little different back then. Conservation, it was not a thing. Should have been. I think you're missing the point completely. 
The story was about economic expansion, religion, fate, and even a little bit about extinction. My point is, live and let live, especially with whales and other large creatures. There's a reason they're bigger than us. And as far as Moby Dick being evil incarnate, well, let's just say maybe it was the other way around. I, I think that was the point of them all dying. Really? Next time on Barnyard Classics, Guinea Pig Medea. Barnyard Classics. Hello, and welcome to Cooking with Joy, a weekly radio program where we make fast food faster. Today's recipe, Flaming Hot Twinkies. Just grab your hostess Twinkie or a similar snack cake, cover it in sriracha or another favorite hot sauce, microwave for 20 seconds, and voila, you have a pink mess with cream inside. Here, boys, like to try one? Oh, God, that's disgusting. Oh, somebody cleaned my tongue. Better yet, get me a new tongue. Oh, oh. Why, thank oh. you. And don't mention it. Whatever you do, don't leave it in the microwave longer than 20 seconds. Otherwise, kaboom! You know, hot Twinkie mess. Here's a word from today's sponsor. It happens every day. On the way to work, in a hallway, in an elevator. People. Too many people. Where's your personal space? Gotcha Gum helps you stand out in a crowd. One piece of Gotcha Gum puts out a stench cloud so foul you'll smell like a spring break portageon. After two minutes, Gotcha Gum turns into a cool, fresh breeze of goodness, and you have all the space you need. Gotcha Gum, when you just don't want to get that close. May cause nausea, headaches, and vomiting. Not to be used in crowds or by people with respiratory conditions. Hello, and welcome to Bad Poetry Corner and Jokes. Bad Poetry and Jokes. That's right. You decide which is which. First, haikuing with her Zovi. <clears throat> oh, frozen raindrops, you keep me indoors. Working, which is good, I guess. Now, what is poetic about that? Nothing in particular, but it follows the rules. Boys, seriously? How about this instead? Frozen raindrops fall. My mind turns its thoughts inward, and I create art. That's better. How is that any better? It's not more poetic. Fine, you try. Fine, but enough of this haikuing. I'm going to try limericking. <clears throat> there once was a day that was rainy, so I stayed indoors, acting all brainy. When the rain finally ceased, my brow all creased, and had nothing to show for it anyway. Boo. No. no. Oh, come on, guys. No. That was great. Wait, how? Limericking? No, Limericking, was... yes. No. no. Oh, I thank God, because that was oh. going nowhere. Oh, oh, no. Harold. 
I hope you had a good holiday season. <laughs> oh, but you know, thinking of the holidays got me thinking about my mom and pop, you know, and, and I was feeling a little sad. And then I had a wonderful memory about when I was about five years old. I asked my dad, I said, Daddy, where do we come from? And dad said, well, you see, there was this big bang, this huge explosion, you know, and all this rocks and melting stuff. And then the earth was formed out of it before, you know, it was raining and there was water. And then there was all these little things crawling around in the water. And then they began to crawl out of the water. And they became all these creatures and critters until they became apes. And my goodness, son, you descended from an ape. I was like, really, Dad? Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> well, well, you know, I decided to get my mother's perspective a little later that day, and I said, Mom, Mom, where did we come from? And she said, oh, son, you come from God. You're just a little blessing that your father and I whipped up from God. That's right. You're a blessing from God. Oh, really? That's not what Dad says. Dad says, I come from apes. <laughs> oh, that's your father, you know. That's his side of the family. <laughs> well, uh, do you have any memories uh, totally, like that in your past? Uh, totally funny. No, no uh, memories uh, at all like yeah, that. Well, no, well you, know, you know, uh, I, I am feeling like I got to go see the doctor a lot. Really? You know that I'm older? I know it's hard oh, to believe too bad. when you look at me. I'm such Should a you go now? physical specimen. <laughs> yes. and, and I was at the doctor's the other day, and, and I said, doctor, doctor my sex drive is so high and he says well what are you complaining about you're 85 and you say you got a high sex drive I says yeah doc it's all in my brain can you please make it go lower <laughs> well, <laughs> well anyway it was good seeing everybody today have a wonderful time oh, bye, Harold, bye Harold. It's such a pleasure so is that really? lowbrow humor is that what that and was? that was bad poetry with jokes and whatnot. Ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Now it's time for famous quotes sung operatically in the shower. If pro is the opposite of con, what is the opposite? If pro is the opposite of con, what is the opposite of Congress? That's perfect. Whose quote was that? Will Rogers. Discuss. Who the heck was Will Rogers? Oh, I he think was he was an American uh, in oh, a long time ago. It was funny. I think this was He was from Oklahoma, and he was really good with a lariat. Didn't he, like, play Roy Rogers? No. I don't, I, I don't think so. I know uh, we wore a cowboy hat. I think well, we wore a cowboy hat. You can see why I would be confused. Uh, here's another one from Will Rogers. There are two theories to arguing with a woman. No, that works. Oh, that's ridiculous. Seriously? Two theories to arguing with a woman. Discuss. It makes a lot I, of sense to me. I think it sounds kind of sexist. There really is no arguing with a woman. No, because we always win. That's what I'm saying. We're smarter. Hello. There are five theories to arguing with a woman. 
five. Well, we'll have to get those later. And our final quote from Abraham Lincoln. No matter how much the cats fight, they always seem to be kittens. Discuss. Abraham Lincoln was totally smart, and that is totally true. Really? The president cared about cat fights? I thought he had dogs. It doesn't matter. He was a good president. Just give us a break. And that was Opera in the Shower Quotes. It's time for Lottery of the Absurd. Lottery, lottery, lottery of the absurd. Today's absurd numbers are Queen Victoria, Queen Victoria, Prince Albert in a can, Prince Albert in a can, bangers and mash, bangers and mash. If you've won today's lottery, head to your nearest pub and have a pint to celebrate. Congratulations. And now, the first episode of Tabby Flufferwinkle, Private Eye. There are a million cats in the big city. Each one has a tale to tell. Sometimes those tales are curled into mysteries that need solving. I'm Tabby Flufferwinkle. I'm a cat. Tabby Flufferwinkle, Cat's Private Eye, in color. Tonight's episode, The Case of the Nipped Catnip. Business had been slow. I was down to my last can of tuna. If things didn't pick up soon, I'd have to start making cat calls. And then he strutted into my office. He looked like something he dragged in. There was no doubt he'd been rubbed the wrong way all his life. He paced around nervously as, as if the room were filled with rocking chairs. And then he sat down and stared at me like the last sardine on the plate. What's the matter? Got your own tongue? You got a name? Rex. A cat named Rex? My daddy thought it'd make me strong. What do you need from me, Rex? Catnip. I've lost my supplier. So you came here for a fix. What? Sorry, I don't deal in that junk. I was told you could find out what happened to my supplier. What's in it for me? A weak supply of tuna. I eat less without my catnip munchies. Lucky for you, I've got no better mice to chase. Take me to where you usually met your man. He's a cat. You know what I mean. We strutted over to 57th and B Street. If they were a worse part of town, I didn't want to know about it. Rex led me down a dark alley. Your supplier was an alley cat. Alley cats have the best hooch. Who goes there? I'll ask the questions. You a catnip dealer? You were looking for Smokey? Yeah, that you? No. I was his best client until he disappeared. Maybe one of his competitors sent him to sleep with the fishes. Any idea where he got his stuff? He always said it fell off the back of a truck. That old story. What's the building at the end of this alley? That's a building? Huh. No worry about you dying from curiosity. Rex, 
You stay here. I'm going to sniff out our surroundings. I walked myself back around the building, hoping to spy some clues. Sometimes the truth's right in front of you, like kibble in a dish. But you'd still rather have what the humans are having. I got back to my client. I know where to get your next dose. Thank God. I feel like I'm on a hot tin roof. Come on. So I led this jumpy cat to the other side of town. And there we gandered. A new Pets-A-Go-Go superstore. Yeah. The alley where you got your stash was from behind their former location. The alley cat was right. Your supplier got his catnip off the back of their delivery trucks. But that store closed to move to a bigger location. But I'm just a feral cat. I can't afford big store prices. You won't have to. I herded my shaking friend around back to the cleanest alley I'd ever seen. No trash cans, no shopping carts, and worse yet, lots of humans loitering about. Crud, I could have sworn. Where's Smokey, Tabby? I-, I need my fix. I can't hold it together any longer. And sure enough, his catnip withdrawal sent him into conniptions. Hey, hey, diddle diddle. Hey, diddle diddle. Chill out, Rex. Those humans are going to send the Humane Society after us. Not if you're one of my customers. Suddenly, Smokey was in my eyes. Smokey! Why why did you move without telling me? I told you three or four times catnip makes you forget. Can you still get it? I need it bad. Yeah, I'm kind of a mascot to the workers here. They give me anything I want. And now I can get you the good stuff. Here you go. Yeah, that's the stuff. How much can I do you for, toots? I keep my whiskers clean. Oh, you don't know what you're missing. I'm gonna jump up the fire escape now. So another case was wrapped up in a nice little package with string I could play with for days. Rex got his fix, and I got enough tuna to get me through the next cat astrophy. Tune in next time for another exciting adventure of Tabby Flufferwinkle, Cat's Private Eye. Today's approximately 20-minute variety hour is sponsored in part by Fragile Flower Preschool Prep. It's a fast-paced competitive world. Your little one deserves the very best start so they can rule the garden. Fragile Flower Preschool Prep gives your toddler the edge they need to compete. At Fragile Flower Preschool Prep, your child will master colors, shapes, numbers. In our AP program, they'll wrestle ABCs and win. Your peanut deserves the very best. And that's all for this week's Small Fish Radio Theater's approximately 20-minute variety hour. Got a story to tell, a good joke, a bad poem, a hellacious haiku, a flash fairy tale? Head to our submissions page and find out how that special guest could be you. And thanks to today's contributors, Tom Mizoraka, Mark Cater, Michael Herzobi, Trina Kakasik, and MJ Kelly. If you like what you heard, head to our website at www.smallfishradio.com or find us on iTunes. Wherever you go to listen, it's always free! This approximately 20-minute variety hour featured the talents of Elise Kakasik, Mark Cater, Kat Dean, 
Michael Herzobi, Joy Thredgarnson Coates, and Michael John Kelly, directing and sound design by Trina Kakasek. Special thanks to the White Crane Wellness Center for providing rehearsal and recording space. Small Fish Radio Theater is produced by Michael John Kelly and Trina Kakasek. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Send us a Twitter tweet. Like us on Facebook. Send us a joke. Come back next time.